Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. All right. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Uh, I had to start my recording uh, because I think my internet's going to give out on me tonight. So if you're watching this and it's uh, skipping out on you, uh, that's I'm very well aware. Uh, that's the problem with uh, broadcasting from a fifth wheel RV. So hopefully we can keep it going as long as possible. Uh, the the stream is not. Uh, it looks like it's it's uh, not doing very well. Uh, so if that's that's the case, I'm recording, and I may just have to upload this later on. Uh, so if you're not able to watch this or if you're able to hear it, but it's skipping out, I do apologize. I don't know what's going on with the Internet. Uh, everything was working just fine uh, a few minutes ago. So it is what it is. It is what it is. So I can't do anything about it. And um, hopefully it'll it'll start back up and do a little bit better. I, I don't know what else to do. It's It's dropping all sorts of frames. Uh, but so in the recording, though, it won't be dropping frames. So if you're watching this later on, it's because I've had to upload it. I'll go back and look at the, the live stream. Um, it's typical. It happens sometimes. So, But again, like I said, hopefully this will the, the Internet will correct itself. I don't have anything else running on it right now that I know of. So hopefully uh, it'll, it'll situate itself. So um, it's kind of distracting, though, because I'm seeing it here on my screen that it is not situating itself. So it is what it is. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, again, if we're if we're going to take this from recording and, and upload it later on, it is what it is. But uh, I don't want to miss tonight. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the first four churches that uh, the uh, the disciple John is going to be uh, pinning down because, again, Jesus is revealing himself and uh, we've already had two videos to introduce what this is all about. So tonight we're going to really look at these churches and what. Let's look at some differences, and let's let's just again show that the Book of Revelation is not meant the majority, a lot of it. You're not going to see us now, the body of Christ, uh, in it, and uh, it's just the way that it is. It seems to be doing better now. Well, again, hopefully it, it does okay. Yeah, hopefully it does. Uh, hopefully the the YouTube feed, uh, it, it's telling me that it's not, though. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Like I said, I, if it, if it can, continues, uh, I do apologize again for the live stream. It's just going to be what it is. Um, but um, I, this will be uploaded later on. Some people over there on YouTube are saying that uh, it, it's good. It's a, it's a good feed, so I don't know. Maybe it's working now, so I'm just going to keep going, though, and we'll see how it goes. So, uh, again, let's get into uh, the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 2. Revelation, chapter 2. 
And we'll start out in verse 1. Now, right off the bat, unto the angel, again, we discuss this as being the messenger of the church of Ephesus, right? So again, Jesus is the one that's writing these, uh, speaking these things, and John is writing these things down. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Of course, we know that's Christ, Jesus Christ, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Again, chapter 1 describes that's who is doing that. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. It's a good quality to have. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. John describes this uh, in another epistle. He writes in 1 John chapter 4, another letter he writes to some churches, 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of a God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Already there in the first century, there's many false prophets. There's many people out there teaching mm, all sorts of heresies, all sorts of, uh, of false prophets that are out there. Um, I, again, I, I hate to be distracted here, but I'm seeing now that everything is is doing okay. It's buffered a few times, but now it's back on. So let's let's just pray that that keeps going well. Um, we'll see. Uh, so, anyways, but again, uh, John has has described these false prophets, and according to uh, Jesus Christ, who's telling John to write this to the church here at Ephesus, that this church has tried them tested them. They they seem to be following through with an epistle that John wrote, but testing every spirit, and has found them liars, and has borne, and has patience, verse number three, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Now, again, as we've discussed before, there's many things in these this epistle, anything in this letter that Jesus Christ is dictating here to John, um, in this first part of this letter here. And there's many things that we can take from it as instruction in righteousness, as, as things that we need to do. We need to test the spirits. We need to try those things. These are, But as far as uh, doctrinally for us today, there's many things in here already that are starting to kind of um, not sound like it's for us, the church, today. Now, there was obviously a church, a, and by the way, when we say church, we're going to come to it in a moment, that it's not t- necessarily talking about us, the church. Uh, church, just is simply, we'll see later, it depends on what the context is, but it simply means a congregation, a called-out congregation, an assembly. That's, a, that's exactly what the word church means, uh, a set-apart uh, group, you know, somebody that's called out. Um, so that's that's what we see here, and so when we see that in context, of course we can all Scripture is profitable for us here, uh, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. We see that, but when it says, "Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love," we can we leave our first love? The the when you know we're saved, uh, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Can we leave that first love? Of course, you know we. People call it backsliding and all sorts of different other things. But remember, verse number five, therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly. This doesn't seem like this talking to us because again, we are not dependent upon works in any sort of fashion. Uh, Should we do, we are created unto good works, Ephesians 2.10 says, of course, 
but this seems really strange. And this whole idea of repenting, changing our mind on what? Is this you know sal- repentance unto salvation? What, what is this? And do the first works. What are they? Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Now, the question being is, what is this candlestick? Well, it's the church. Well, unless, so unless this, this church here in Ephesus repents, he's going to pull them out of the way? Like, what does that mean? There's a lot of things that we're going to discuss through this book of Revelation that's not going to make sense to us, and that's okay. I, I don't see this as being us, the church, because what is this that we're being taken out of the way except we repent? Does that mean that the church is going to be captured up? And that is this speaking about the rapture? I don't believe so. I believe that these are the works that are going to be judged. We're going to get to this in a moment at the judgment of what's called the judgment of the sheep and goats. And we'll get to that momentarily. Let's keep continuing. Verse number six. But this thou hast, thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Um the laity, Nico meaning like ruling over the laity. It seemed like that there was a lot of people there, like the Nicolaitans had this idea that they were above the assembly. Uh, there was this doctrine of the Nicolaitans. It's mentioned many, many times um, as Jesus hating, despising them because they would take rule over the laity, what we would know as the laity. If you've heard that word before, it's the I guess, for lack of a better term, would be like a congregation, um, like the, the 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 standard run of the mill, so to speak. So that's that's what he's speaking about here. These Nicolaitans are are the ones that are uh, doing these bad deeds to this called out group of believers here, this remnant believers. Verse number seven. Let's continue. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, this is when we have a little bit of an issue. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The tree of life. What is it speaking about the Garden of Eden? No. Turn over to Revelation chapter 22. Kind of skip to the end of the book, you know, get, you know, see how this all ends. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 2. Or start in verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This is after the millennial reign. This is after he makes all things new. There shall be no more curse there. Look it down in verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. These are the people that will inhabit the new earth, and they will come in. Now, as we'll continue, if maybe you've seen my Millennial Reign series, you know who this is speaking of. I believe remnant Israel, those that go through this seven years of tribulation, those that, like the apostles, were looking forward to his kingdom and asked him about it continually. That is when they will be judged. We'll get to that in just one moment here. But just remember that just because it says churches, don't 
take that out of context as meaning us. Case in point, in Acts chapter 7 and verse number 38, there's a church in the wilderness that's speaking about Moses bringing out the congregation of the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Another interesting verse, if you want to look it up, is Acts 19 and verse number 37. The pagans had a group of of people that would congregate, and they called them churches as well. Just look it up. It doesn't have anything to do with the church of the living God, the body of Christ now, us. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't have anything to do with us. Just because it says church doesn't mean it's us. That's all the point is. So this first church already gives us pause. This obviously was a historical church. This actually was there in Ephesus. They're writing this letter to the uh, to this church. John is writing a letter to the church. Things are he's writing it to a group of people that obviously exist in Ephesus at that time. Now some people believe that this these seven churches will once again be here in the time of Jacob's trouble, in the seven-year, quote-unquote, tribulation period. Very well may be uh, groups of congregants around seven these seven places that are going to be mentioned. Maybe. Some also believe that these seven churches represent churches down through history and how now we're in the Laodicean, as we'll see um, you know, next, next study. We're in the Laodicean time. Okay, you can make a case for all that stuff. And like I said, this is all good for us in instruction of righteousness. But when it comes down to like the doctrine of things, this doesn't have anything to do with us. This overcoming and doing first works and all these other kinds of things, or else we're going to get removed. And it sounds like we're, you know, they're being judged for, for the rewards by their works. Let's keep reading. Verse number eight. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, once again, and tribulation. Just because it says tribulation doesn't mean this is the tribulation period. They were going through tribulation during this time, okay? And has been all the way down through history. That's why I don't like calling it the tribulation period. I like calling it Daniel's 70th week. Daniel chapter 9, see more for that. And poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. That's interesting. The synagogue of Satan will be, once again, I think, mentioned here in Revelation chapter 3, verse number 9, when, uh, yeah, when he's talking about the Philadelphian church. The synagogue of Satan, say they're Jews but are not. Just because they are of the nation of Israel doesn't make them believing Jews. That's what this point is making. They say they are, but they deny their Messiah. They're not believing Israel. They're not part of Peter's group or this group that will be coming through the tribulation period, those being tested, the ones that were looking forward to this Messiah coming, very small portion of remnant Israel that was looking. So them which say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan, is exactly like Jesus said that you are of your father the devil. Speaking of a religious crowd, remember that in his earthly ministry, Jesus mentioned, you are your father, the devil. They worship at the synagogue of Satan. They were not believing Israel. Hmm. Fascinating. Verse 10. Uh, We're not going to be able to get through this. Fear none of those things which thou hast suffered. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Hmm, It's interesting. 
a little bit of a, a parallel to this is that the trying of the Hebrew children when they went into captivity into Babylon was 10 days. I don't know if that means anything, but look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Just something I kind of wrote out to the side. I'm like, it's fascinating. It's just 10 days. They go into captivity by a Gentile nation. You know, they go through persecution. They killed everybody. Babylon, Babylonians came into to, to Jerusalem, raised the temple to the ground, uh, killed just about everybody, and took captivity. And three of them, one was Daniel. And one was what would be known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and uh, their names, uh, their Hebrew names, escape me at this at this point. But you can look it up in Daniel chapter one. But that's ten days. It's just kind of some fascinating parallels there. Uh, take what as you wish. You know, I don't. I'm not making a stand that that means anything. But just interesting that it's ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Do we have to die in order to get this crown of life? Well, if you read some of the Hebrew epistles, like James and Peter and other ones, you will see people having to endure, be faithful unto death. You see those that go through the tribulation. Of course, I'm, I don't like calling it that, but Daniel's 70th week, they go through that. They stay faithful unto death. They don't take the mark. They don't all this kind of stuff. He's going to give them a crown of life. Look at James chapter 1, James chapter 1 and verse number, let's see, verse number 12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, so enduring, overcoming, endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, when the Lord hath promised to them that love him. That's interesting. Just keep all this in mind as we go through this strange prophetic book, the book of Revelation. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 24. 1 Peter chapter 5. Did I say 1 Peter chapter 5? Oh, excuse me, not 24, verse 4. There's no 24 verses. Sorry about that. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When is this chief shepherd going to appear? I wonder when. We'll see in just one second. We're going to get to it. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Back in verse number 11 of Revelation 2. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh, there's that word again, shall not be hurt of the second death. The second death is mentioned in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 6. Uh, okay. In verse number 14, in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 8, they describes, the Bible describes what the second death is. The second death is they that are cast forever into the lake of fire. So blessed are you for sure that shall not be hurt by that second death, that come through this tribulation, the ones that overcome. John wrote, wrote this before. He wrote the words of, uh, of Jesus Christ in, during uh, Jesus' earthly ministry in John chapter 16 and verse number 33. Well-known passage of Scripture, John chapter 16 and verse number 33. The Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Love him to the end, endure to the end, overcome to the end. Now, again, I have to ask the question, when we studied all through the book of, of uh, 
that epistles that the Apostle Paul penned, where do we see we need to overcome and endure and hold on to the end? Salvation is eternal. He has sealed us until the day of redemption. Whether you fall away, quote unquote, or you're, you're still in Christ, he will not lose you. You are flesh of his flesh, the body says, the, the Bible says. He is the head of the body. You are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones. You're not going anywhere if you're part of the body of Christ. You can not overcome and you cannot endure to the end. You can always say other kinds of things. And of course, those are prophetic terms for Daniel's 70th week. But again, what does this have to do with us? John, again, pens in 1 John chapter 4. In verses 1 through 4, 1 John chapter 4, and verses 1 through 4, Beloved, believe it not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether, but whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That he that is in the world. Overcoming. Just fascinating. You'll get a crown of life. Just endure. Overcome. You won't be hurt by the second death. This should sound sort of foreign to you and a little confusing. But again, if you try to go to the books of Hebrews, James, Peter, First and Second John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation, the, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and try to look through the book of Acts at the early beginnings and what there's, what's going on there, it will confuse you a little bit because it seems to contradict what Paul brings when he reveals the revelation of the mystery. And that's because it is. It's not a contradiction. It's just a difference. And by the way, we're all in Christ. But there's two separate judgments Two separate rewards. And I think that's something that we need to get straight in our minds. There's two uh, resurrections. We go as the, the capturing of the body of Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive are caught up. That's one. And then the second one is the one that's called the first resurrection in the book of Revelation. Well, if there's two different ones, and there's two judgments to follow those and there's two eternal rewards as far as destinations and and dwelling places for all of eternity but it all goes through jesus christ there's salvation in none other besides him okay now again there's some differences uh, Peter says in his message that you know your sins are going to be blotted out when the times of refreshing come Speaking of the second coming of Jesus Christ, well, no, wait a minute, when, I thought our sins are nailed to his cross at the, at the moment of salvation. They are, that's what Paul says. Why do we have to wait till the times are refreshing? Answer is, we don't. Hmm. Just some fascinating differences. Doesn't make it some sort of, uh, we can come to salvation through any other name besides his. Okay, You can't come through salvation besides through Jesus. The Bible is very clear on this. It's just some differences here. The second death here. What does that mean? All right, let's continue uh, really quickly. Verse number 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath a sharp sword, 
excuse me, sharp sword with two edges. You see that language when he comes riding in at the end of the Daniel 70th week, when he comes, second coming of, of Christ, with a sword that proceedeth out of his mouth. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. That's interesting. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr. This actually happened. And was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Well, who's this guy? Well, he's the guy that, uh, remember, was riding on the donkey, and the donkey started talking to him three times. <laughs> then he finally sees the angel in the way. It's a fascinating story, account of what's happening. What's this doctrine? Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block Hmm. before the children of Israel? Now, what is Jesus Christ to the Jews? He's a stumbling block. What is he to us Gentiles now where there is no Jew or, or Gentile in the body of Christ? Before that, though, the Gentiles and or, or Jew, these two groups of people, whether you're Jew or Gentile, Without Christ, the Jews, Jesus is a stumbling block to the Gentiles' foolishness. Now, look, continue on here. It mentions specifically the children of Israel. That's important to note. To eat things sacrificed unto idols. Now, this is going to be mentioned once again when it talks about the church in Thyatira. Again, I'm going to skip around just a tad bit for the sake of time. But in Thyatira, uh, talking to the church in Thyatira, in verse number 20, it says, Again, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Turn over really quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 4. What does our apostle Paul say about things? Why would this even be mentioned? What does Paul say about eating things sacrificed unto idols? Is this something that's going to get us thrown or our candlestick put out or all these other kinds of things? Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all are all things, and we by him. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour. We've discussed this when we talked about 1 Corinthians. You know, that it would stumble somebody if they knew it. So, you know, it's good. But when it comes down to it, it's a, it's a liberty kind of a thing. But it, essentially, these things that are offered to idols, we know, Paul says, essentially, that it's nothing. It doesn't, it, there's nothing in of itself of eating things offered to idols, unless you're a part of the dispensation that says don't eat things offered unto idols because it's a commandment of the Lord. To us, it's not. So once again, is this church us or a church in other dispensation? I'll let you decide and be the judge of it as the Bible is taught. But again, children of Israel, verse number 14, sacrifice unto idols. It's very strange. Again, the Nicolaitans, verse 15, are mentioned. And he says, but you have also against them. Good for you. That's good. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. When does Jesus come and fight people with the sword out of his mouth? At the end of Daniel's 70th week, the time of Jacob's trouble. 
with the sword that proceeded out of his mouth. I'm not making this up, folks. Keep reading. This is something is interesting. Verse 17, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Well, that's spiritually speaking manna. Or it's meaning what the children of Israel ate in the, in the, in the wilderness. They would know all about manna. But it's this hidden manna. It's a very Jewish term. It's a very children of Israel term. And we'll give him, this is another thing that's very interesting, and we'll give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Now, where are stones found in the nation of Israel as far as uh, for their worship? Now, you could say, well, there's stones, there's always these reminder stones, they set up altars with stones, yes, yeah, they cross over the... Uh, the Jordan River into the Promised Land, and yes, they do set up stones for remembrance so their children would remember. But stones are found very specifically when God gives the commandments of what the priests would wear, the high priest would wear, in his ephod, which is in his breastplate, and it had 12 stones in it. The 12 stones had 12 different colors, and they all had the names of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel in it. So where's this stone going to be? And what's this color white? And what's this name that no man knoweth except him that receiveth it? I don't know, but it sounds pretty nation of Israel to me. Once again, what do we have to do with a temple and, and the, some priests, uh, ephod? Hmm. Let's look at Thyatira again. Unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things, saith the Son of God, who hath eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works in charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works, again, and the last to be more than the first. Now, does works save these people? No, but they're going to be judged by them. We're coming up to that. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my service servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. What? Who is Jezebel? Well, remember the prophet Elijah? They would know that. Well, who is this Jezebel? Was it a real lady? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus is calling whoever this woman is Jezebel. Maybe there's going to be a woman false teacher that's trying to seduce the churches, the called out, you know, the ones that are remnant in the time of Jacob's trouble, maybe. Beware of those false prophets, and especially this Jezebel character. Hmm. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Hmm. Could this be actual fornication or spiritual fornication? Seems like it may be more on the spiritual side, but who knows? Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and then that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, that should ring a bell, except they repent of their deeds, and I will kill her children with death. Now, this is, you know, symbolic, some people say, of some other different things, but let's keep going. To kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Excuse me? And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. 
Come unto me, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Hmm. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. Jesus is saying, hold fast, endure to the end until I come. This is the same language that's found in Matthew chapter 24. When Jesus says, pray that it's not on the Sabbath day, get out of Jerusalem when this the abomination of desolation, as Daniel has spoken, Daniel chapter 9. It says, these things are happening, get out of Jerusalem, not get out of Washington, D.C. Or, or anywhere else. Get out of Jerusalem. Hmm. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. Very quickly as we finish this up, this is the judgment of the sheep and goats. This is the judgment over the nation you'll see as you turn back to the end of the book again. In Revelation chapter 20, verse number four, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus seems like this is a group here and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast neither his image neither had received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years verse number six blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power as we mentioned before but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years again see how this is remnant Israel in ruling the nations Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 31. Again, I'm not making any of this stuff up. <laughs> this is, it's simple because if you go to the Gospels, Jesus speaks of this. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 30, starting in verse 31, very quickly. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... He's going to come in the clouds in glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. There it is. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered. You gave me meat, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we then a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall say, or shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also to them on his left hand, The goats, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. This is very strange language to us, isn't it? It's not our judgment, that's why. He clothed me in sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. And then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered or thirst? This is the same thing when they'll say, many of those days will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? It's the same judgment. Verily I say unto thee, unto, unto you, inasmuch as ye did it unto one of these least of these, ye did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, 
but the righteous into life eternal. This judgment, they'll be cast into hell, prepared for the devil and his angels, and they will taste of the second death, which is the third judgment to come, the third, quote-unquote, resurrection, when the sea gives up their dead. We'll see that in the book of Revelation as we get further on. You don't want to be a part of that at all. You can disagree and say, oh, no, that's spiritualized. That's actually our judgment, and we're going to have it take place. We're going to rule the nations. You can try to make a case for all that, and I've trust me, I've heard it all. But if you read the book and you read the book of Revelation, rightly divided, you'll see that that is not our resurrection, and that is not our judgment. These things that these churches here are going to be judged upon is not what we're going to be stand in judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. We're not going to rule the nations. That's not promised to us. But look in verse number 27 back in Revelation 2, uh, two and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. That's the thousand-year reign, the millennial reign. And, uh, excuse me, and the vessels of potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, I know it's been um, probably skipping, and, and I hope that hasn't been too distracting. So I'll take a few moments here uh, to go ahead and take some questions. Mostly it's all talking about the buffering. I'm sure there's many questions. So if you do have some <laughs> and you just don't have time to write them out right now, Write them down and write to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Um, before the internet completely gives out, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll call it a night if there's no questions. I hope this makes sense to you. I, again, there's a lot of language in these churches that we're going to look at and just be like, you know, studying through all these epistles of, of Paul, and now we're studying this book of Revelation, this this doesn't seem to be the same. It doesn't seem to be the same language at all. It seems to be geared towards a nation and, um, you know, talking about manna and, uh, you know, temples and priests. And, well, Brother Mike, what does that have to do with us, the church? The answer, I believe, again, did the whole Millennial Reign series, I've talked about it numerous times, it doesn't have anything to do with us. It just doesn't. Now, some people disagree, and that's okay. Um, in the end, this doesn't have anything to do with uh, your salvation, okay? There's salvation. We're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who was God manifest in the flesh. He came and lived a sinless life as God manifest in flesh. He humbled himself even to the death of the cross, Philippians 2 says, and because of all that, we have reconciliation to him. Because of what he did, we have we can be sealed into the day of redemption. And now our vocation, if you want to give it that, is as ambassadors of Christ, as ministers of reconciliation to say, we were once enemies but have been reconciled to God. You need to be as well. Please do that. You don't need to get in debates with people about end times prophecy and trying to debate whether or not the church and when does the church leave and all these other kinds of stuff. But I just want to show you as we talk through here that these churches just don't seem to have the same uh, 
I guess, directions, blueprints, if you will. So, again, I hope you go back, and if you came in late, I hope you go back and watch the entirety. of. Again, we had a little bit of problems in the beginning. Okay, and uh, one comment here. Only glitched once. Well, that's good. I take the uh, the book of Revelation literally, but it but it was told to a person in the first century. So again, uh, he's speaking. Uh, Brother Jason here is talking about as those as we get into some of the language later on. You know, hard to be understood by somebody in the first century. They're seeing, you know, all sorts of wild stuff. But yes, unless it's a similitude, it's it's some sort of language that says like unto something. And it says it's this. Take it literally. Um, my dad has a famous statement. I, I'll probably butcher it, but it says, uh, "When the literal sense makes sense, try something about that. Like uh, when you take, when taking it literally makes sense, seek no other sense or something to that effect." I, I completely butchered it. It just means take the Bible literally. Okay, dispensationally, rightly divide the word of truth, please. Uh, so, again, sorry for butchering the, the – I can't remember the, the statement, but yes. And then he's saying, how would someone from the first century view a computer or a cell phone? It would be pretty wild to them, I guess. They, they, they wouldn't know what they're looking at. But, again, uh, Jesus told his disciples, there will be some of you that won't die until you see the kingdom. You know, Of course, those that see Jesus transfigured on the Mount Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John do get to see a glimpse of his glory, uh, but John gets to see a lot. Uh, my mom's putting the, uh, the statement down, if the literal sense makes good sense, seek no other sense, lest it become nonsense. There it is. <laughs> so we'll end with that. If the literal sense makes good sense, seek no other sense, lest it become nonsense. And you know what else is nonsense? You not liking, sharing, and subscribing <laughs> to this channel. That's a bad That's a bad segue. Anyways, hey, share this video if you would. Leave comments and likes. Um, a, lot of, a lot of interactions already happened. A lot of views have already happened. So I'm appreciative of that. Study God's Word. And we'll keep studying next week uh, the last three of the churches uh, that are mentioned. And then we'll get into, you know, I don't think we'll take it line by line um, because, again, there will be several times during the book of Revelation where it repeats certain events and it and kind of goes back and forth. But we'll take a, a general broad uh, survey, if you will, of the book of Revelation as we study the book of Revelation, rightly divided. So thank you for joining me. Again, the, the uh, email address is ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Also look at the podcast platforms. Uh, please look at the podcast. Please leave a review of the podcast if you would, uh, especially like on Apple Podcast or any of those ones that allow for a review. Please leave, um, uh, click a couple stars or whatever, leave a review that it also helps get the algorithm going and people to see the message and to see the channel. I would appreciate it, okay? All right. Well, started out with some technical difficulty, but I think we ended okay. Um, it's just the way that it is. So the audio version won't have any glitches. So. Go check it out over there. All right, that's it for now. God bless you. Love you in the Lord. Bye for now.